Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest Hello, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's the end of the week. It is the end of the week, which means we are upon the weekend, and we love that around here. Looking forward to Sunday. Absolutely. If you, our wonderful listeners, are going to be in the Tampa area this Sunday, we want you to come out, worship with us at Livingston. All the information you need is found at our website, christiansmeethere.org, www.christiansmeethere.org. We've been talking about Psalm 24 all week. It's really, I mean, I've it's been great for me. I hope it's been good for you. We're going to finish strong talking about Jesus today. Let's look at Psalm 24. Yeah, yesterday we talked about Jesus and his relationship with the Jews and Israel's great failure. I want to move to Jesus and us and make sure we're not making the same failure. That's what I want to talk about today. No great failures here. Well, (laughs) not in this room. Okay. (laughs) Let's read Psalm 24. Today I am reading from the New Living Translation. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors and let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. I'm I'm glad that we've been reading that in the different translations. I mean, really, this this psalm. There's been different flavors brought out, and uh, that that one, you know, for me, I thought was very very accessible, very easy to read and follow along with. At the end of every one of them, I want to shout hallelujah! Yeah, absolutely. praise Yahweh! I absolutely. mean, it's just like He's the King. Praise the Lord! I'm glad He is my King. This is the King of Glory. What a wonderful wonderful psalm! I've really enjoyed this week. Here's here's what I'm thinking today. Yeah. So yesterday we highlighted how this psalm was telling Israel how they should react actually when Jesus showed up. And we saw some some crazy illusions. This psalm playing out in his life, making the triumphal entry, how he's responded to it at the beginning of the week looks more like Psalm 24, but by the end of the week, here is the king on the cross, labeled yeah. king of the Jews, the crown of the thorns, the whole deal. He did not go up on that hill. He goes to another hill, Golgotha. Yeah, outside the gate. And they didn't recognize him. They didn't realize who he was truly by the time it was done because he didn't fit with their conception of what the king was supposed to come in and do. Look, even the apostles had a problem with that. Okay, I, I think Peter... You know, sometimes we throw Peter under the bus as this guy who has sworn, I'm ready to die with you tonight, but then he doesn't, he's not ready to, except for actually he was. He's the one that pulled the sword out and started, hey, let's fight. He we're, was we're at gonna, first, that's We're right. going to fight. We're going to make our mm-hmm. way to the capital, and we're going to we're gonna win, and we're going to defeat these Romans. It, he was willing to die on his terms for mm-hmm. the Lord. 
He didn't understand the kind of a mighty king of glory he was serving. And when Jesus revealed more of that, that's when Peter got confused and suddenly was no longer ready to die. I'm ready to die for you as long as it's on my terms, but now you've confused me and I, and then he flees. The confused mind says no. And then he denies. Mm -hmm. So we, we see that. So one of the things that I want us to think about, okay, we've talked about that great failure there, but we also earlier in the week highlighted a connection between this psalm and us today. Mm-hmm. Because the temple that was addressed in this psalm when it was written, where is that temple now? Right. So you're talking about the temple of Jerusalem and its destruction in AD 70. It's gone. It is gone. Hebrews chapter 12 points out that it was the things that could be shaken were shaken out of the way so that what could not be shaken could remain. I I think I've seen that you've turned over there. You want to read that just so we get the actual wording? You know, just back with this whole mountain and coming to the the mount of the Lord. Oh, yeah. You've got, uh, well, you've got all of it here in Hebrews 12. Yeah. So as he's, yeah. as he's teaching the, the people and the Christians, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. And and to the shaking that you were mentioning a moment ago in verse 27, now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Yeah, so I was thinking about those last two verses, but I'm glad you actually went on to those earlier verses because it highlights it does. what where is the temple now? Yeah. It is us. It is the church. It the, is the mount of the Lord yeah. is the church. I was thinking of going back again, like we did earlier in the week to Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 that made that, but I'm no, sure glad that you do, brought yeah. up those verses earlier in Hebrews 12, because it's all right here in this neat yeah. little package. In fact, I want you to notice a verse that we just skipped over that I was just reading verse 25 there in Hebrews 12. Go ahead. What does that say there in the New King James? See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? Verse 25 actually gets to the, really gets to the point of what I'm wanting to say today. What does it say? Don't refuse him who speaks. You remember Mm -hmm. at the beginning of Hebrews, who's the one speaking? Mm -hmm. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. God God has spoken through the Son. Yeah. 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 The whole book starts off with God, who in previous times and in diverse ways spoke to the fathers through the prophets, is now speaking to us through his Son. And we get to this place in Hebrews 12 that's saying, don't refuse the one who is speaking. The Lord speaking through Jesus, the Mm -hmm. Son, who Mm -hmm. is this king who is this king of glory who has come in israel made a great failure okay when the king of glory walked through the gates of jerusalem he mm-hmm. should have been mm-hmm. marched up and proceeded to be brought through the gates and the doors of the temple marched right in past the curtain sat on the throne of god in the holy of holies he should have been worshiped he should have been listened to if he said get that out of the temple it should have been gotten out of the temple if he said bring that into the temple it should be brought into the temple if he said do this they should have done it if he said do that they should have done it if he said stop this they should have stopped Stopped it. 
And they should have been bringing the entire world to come and worship at his feet on God's holy hill. Instead, they crucified him. They rejected him. And we must not make that same mistake. We must not refuse the king of glory. Well, one of the things that you got to love about the book of Hebrews is that we might think Jesus never got there. He never got all the way to that holy hill. Mm. But what we are taught is, well, he absolutely does. In fact, that these physical things are a, a precursor and a shadow of spiritual realities. And oh, yes, the king of glory ascended to that place. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Oh, man, he got there. <laughs> yeah, so the tabernacle, the temple were, were an earthly, they were, I'll get this out properly, they were physical earthly representations of the heavenly realm, of the yes. throne room of God. And while they did not take Jesus to the earthly throne room, in fact, they were trying to keep him away from it as much as they possibly they could, were. so much they were killing him. Mm-hmm. But all they actually did was usher him into the true throne room Mm -hmm. to the true holy of holies where his blood was sprinkled as the atoning sacrifice that actually allows us to come in to the holy of holies. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, you're reading this well, but I think it's the truth, the powerful truth that you're reading that's, I mean, truly, I'm I'm getting goosebumps right now. (laughs) I'm going back here to what you said a moment ago as you were reading there in Hebrews uh, 10. This business in verse 22 about having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. And what must we have? Yeah, the cleansing of hands and the pure heart that we can ascend this hill. It's so exciting. But what... What's really getting me is moving on into verse 26, because that really gets at the heart of what we need to be concerned about as we consider Psalm 24. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? 
there's a danger. There's a danger that we today might treat Jesus, the King of glory, in that same fashion as the Jews of old, of, of, of rejecting him and, and pushing him down the mountain. Yeah, that we crucify him again afresh, mm. Mm. that we actually put him back on that cross. Mm. He says, don't go on sinning willfully and deliberately. Don't, and, and that can happen in a couple of ways. It can happen by saying, oh, I'm saved. It doesn't matter how I behave. Mm-hmm. Or it can happen by saying, yeah, I've decided he's not the Savior. I'm going to go do what I want. Don't crucify him again afresh. He is the King of glory. His word is the word of God. It should have control of our lives. The church is the temple of the Lord. And and you and I are the temple of the Lord. And we need to, as Psalm 24 says, Lift up the gates, Mm -hmm. lift up your heads. O gates, we need to lift up our heads and we need to open up our hearts, our minds, our lives, and allow Jesus to come in and be the King that he actually is. It goes back to something we said earlier this week. Honestly, Andrew, we don't get to make Jesus King of our lives. Mm -hmm. He is the King. That's right. The question is, will we surrender to him or will we ultimately be judged by him? Let's wrap up with a prayer, Andrew. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, so much for the day that you've given us. Father, help us who have confessed that we believe Jesus is the Son of God, who have begun, who have begun, Father, to approach your holy hill, to understand it is only by cleansing of our hands and our hearts, of our mouths. Father, it is only by seeking and through faith, by your grace and the gospel, it is only coming through the King of glory, Jesus Christ, that we may approach you. Father, strengthen us to be able to do that. Help us to cast aside everything that gets in our way. Help us to appreciate this way that he is tread is the way that we would follow to be with you forever upon your hill. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Just appreciate everyone who's listening to this. Text talk. I, I think this is a really great one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up on that. I, I'm, I'm starting to feel you maybe think it's there's not many of those. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this long enough now that uh, yeah, some of you remember more than others. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's Listen. just get back though to that final thought. Yeah, he is king. That's he right. He is king. Will we surrender? That's right. Or will we be judged? That's right. That's right.